We don't have a problem with ideas. We have a problem of understanding how to win. It is about winning. Nothing else matters. If you want to take your state back, if you want to take your country back, you're going to have to roll your sleeves up. Yeah, you're free to say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that the speech is not without consequence. Part of the way we operate is that we're a place where there's constant open discourse, constant expression, constant argument. Welcome to the Maroon Weekly's special report on Steve Bannon's invitation to speak. Austin, do you want to give us a rundown? Assuming you didn't have your head in the sand, obviously you saw that Steve Bannon is coming to speak to campus. On Wednesday, January 24th, the Chicago Maroon broke the news that former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon had accepted an invitation from Booth Professor Luigi Zingales to speak at the University of Chicago. Within hours of the announcement, the administration released a statement affirming the university's commitment to free speech, and student outrage erupted on social media. Early the very next morning, UChicago Young Democratic Socialists held a protest outside Booth in opposition to Professor Zingales' invitation. About 100 students from across the university attended, and I got a chance to hear what they had to say. Did you just say who you are, how you're affiliated with, how you got here? Sam Joyce, S A M J O Y C E, co chair, UChicago YDSA. It seems like you had a very short amount of time to set this sort of event up, but you got, I was, you know, at least 100 people out. You got the news networks with their TV crews. How did you go about organizing that from like the student perspective, getting people to come out? Uh, I sat down at 7.30 and just started messaging everyone I know in groups like OLAS, groups like OBS, groups like UChicago Socialist Student Action, just trying to get everyone together last minute, uh, just trying to reach everyone with a network and have them reach out to everyone they know. If students can stand together and stand against this, then I think the university has a serious chance of reconsidering their decision. We have power, let's use it. My name is Sophia Labar. I am the treasurer for uh, the Chicago YDSA, that's Young Democratic Socialists of America. I'm a, I'm a second year. Um, and I was uh, helping to emcee the protest today. This this protest is is about uh, the invitation to Ben and however, um, Closely aligned with with uh, that is um, the multitude of other uh, wrongs that the university has has recently engaged in. Um, the the grads grad students united. Their um, the, the the difficulty of organizing with fac faculty forward. Uh, this is simply the most recent wrong. Uh, and so while this is an active protest against Steve Bannon, it's hard to protest anything on the Chicago campus without bringing everything else into it too. Then, on Friday, Booth School faculty member Samantha Eiler Driscoll, who works at Booth Stigler Center and at the time worked as senior editor for the Stigler Center's blog, Pro Market, tweeted out a statement announcing that she had resigned from the Pro Market editorial board, citing a violation of her recusal from the Steve Bannon event. After discussions later that day, Eiler Driscoll and Zingales released a joint statement which read, Samantha voluntarily decided to step down from the board of the ProMarket blog and to assume the position of managing editor instead of senior editor. Luigi accepted this resignation.
Samantha will remain working at the ProMarket blog with otherwise unchanged responsibilities and salary. She will just recuse herself when Bannon-related events are concerned. We look forward to a continuous and productive collaboration. Both Samantha and Luigi reiterate their belief that it is important to protect the right of free expression of university staff. On Saturday, I sat down with Samantha and Chicago Maroon News editor Pete Grieve to discuss the situation. The Maroon podcast section would like to note that we reached out to Professor Zingales but have not heard back. The Maroon News section did hear back from Professor Zingales, who redirected us to his joint statement published with Samantha on Friday. My name is Samantha Eiler Driscoll. I am um, an economics editor by profession uh, and have recently started working at Chicago Booth um, at the Stigler Center, a research center for political economy as uh, the senior editor there working on the publications and also on the Stigler Center's blog, which is sort of like a freestanding publication called Pro Market, um, running the blog and doing content development on the blog, essentially sort of like acting as editor-in-chief and sitting on the editorial board of the blog. So I um, opposed the Steve Bannon event um, from the very beginning as I mentioned in the, in the letter. I kind of laughed it off initially, like, ha, 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 no, you wouldn't do that. Like, you couldn't believe that No, that I couldn't be believe concern. it. And then I hoped... And, then I and hoped, this was months ago? This yeah. was months ago. I would think this is probably November, okay. when maybe he first brought it up. Um, and uh, and so, like, my my opposition was muted. I, but, I mean, it was clear. Like, yeah. And I think, I think Luigi already knew me well enough to know that... Like and so and the reason partly my opposition was muted because I thought that he might be trying to provoke me, um, given that given like what he knows about my values and yeah. things like that. And um, in a friendly way though, right? Not like trying to be a jerk about it. Yeah, or? no, I mean he's yeah. not a jerk at all. Okay. It's just that you know there's the this sort Playful, of healthy yeah. the healthy like pushing of each other yeah, about people's politics. You know. Perfect. Like he knew that I have like a background in uh, like progressive activism mm-hmm. when I, he hired me, and he sees that as a good thing. Um, given how like rigid I think yeah. economics can be in general yeah. um, and so like we push each other ideologically and that's good um, so I tried not I tried not to overreact and he moved he just you know he pushed forward inexorably pushed forward 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 um, like I the rest of the team t- were telling me giving me updates oh my god he actually like invited Bannon and then oh my god Bannon accepted and I was like Oh no, what do I do? And I called my mother and my brother, who have helped me move here because I moved from out of the country, because I've been living away for 10 years. And um, they forbade me from resigning, my, like, the whole scale. That was like my first response was like, God, I, I can't think of anything else to do but to resign. And they were like, no, you can't do that. Um, you have to try to think of a way to make this work. Um, and and I, and, and I mean, I, it, like I said, I didn't want to resign. I, I just didn't know what else to do. Like, I was just like, I'm going to be implicated in literally something that I think kills people every single day in this country. Like, I feel like this is, this is harm caused directly by my own employers. Um, yeah. And I know that they don't see it that way, but I do. And um, I'm not sure that the fact that they don't see it that way, like, exculpates anybody. Yeah. And it's not just that you are associated with this event. No, I would you know, have to work on it. They want you to work on it. Yeah, I work on all of our events, like, often intimately. We invite authors, and I have to 
read everything that the author's written, whatever it is, a book, a book articles, whatever, write up all the questions. I don't want to give away Luigi's game to let people know that I often, or have since I've been here, written the questions for like uh, interviews that Luigi's done with other authors and things like this. So I have to be like, oh, and we also interview, we in many cases interview the speakers and post, post the interviews on our blog yeah. in advance and promote them and like have to be tweeting about this event in advance and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I would have to be intimately involved in this. Yes. Um, you didn't want to be a Steve, Steve Bannon's books person. Well, no, I certainly didn't want to like, I don't, I, like, I don't want to spend any brain space at all on Steve Bannon. Yeah. Like I want to be like using my personal power to like forestall yeah. the growth of not not Bannon particularly, but white nationalism, you know, because it's yeah. not a person, it's not about a person, it's about this ideology that mm -hmm. is really sinister and like dangerous in this country. When it came out that it was going to happen anyway, asked to be recused. The request was granted, um, but then violated, uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly, uh, by my bosses. They said that they didn't realize that, that they were violating it. Um, and when I went to Human Resources to ask if I had any protections, for conscientious objection or like any uh, like basically how, what rights I had because I wasn't sure. Um, they told me that I don't really have any rights that um, the freedom of expression principles that the University of Chicago is so famous for don't apply to staff. Um, they apply to faculty and they apply to speakers and they apply to students but they don't Just apply like to staff. staff. University spokesperson Jeremy Mangay released a statement to the Maroons Sunday saying that Staff members are free to express their personal views. Any change in a staff member's work duties must be approved by that person's supervisor with review and approval by Human Resources. And then, so you thinking about that, you're like, well, here we have Steve Bannon coming to campus and he has more rights to freedom of speech than me, right? Yeah. And you drew a lot of problems with that. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I certainly don't like, like, Steve Bannon having more rights than I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that he would like that very much. Um, but, um, like, it was, the problem was not necessary. I mean, like, eventually the problem sort of transcended Bannon because it, it like, created, like, the nature of my job, particularly as it, like working as an editor and like sitting on an editorial board, requires the the ability to have like free debate without fear of any kind of like retaliation from um, the people I work with, you know. Yeah. And so I like like after like ruminating for a few hours, uh, like I mean I fell asleep obviously after the meeting with the HR, thinking about what to do. Woke up the next morning just being like, oh well. I can't do that part of my job anymore. And luckily, the way that my job was compartmentalized, um, I could I can withdraw from the board and still yeah. be able to do like executive things related mm -hmm. to the blog, like take care of you know publishing the content. I can still yeah. write, you know, like there's like a lot of things that I could do. Um, like the majority of my job still in the absence of like sitting on the board mm -hmm. and being involved in the arguments that we have to have when we determine like the ideological orientation of a publication and like the content that we're going to run and how we're going to frame it and whose voices we're going to feature. This is all controversial. We, we argue all the time over which voices we should include and like the people get ditched all the time. This idea that like literally everybody should have exactly the same platform mm -hmm. is antithetical to the nature of or to the existence of my job. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I reject articles from or submissions every single day because clearly not all yeah. 
not all speakers have the same value in terms of like the content like they're you know they they have the same rights obviously yeah but like that like my job is not about their rights my job is about who you who you give access to a platform and so like the whole way that the bannon event is being framed it misses the platform thing they just like totally they're just like oh speech and i'm like well no he can say whatever he wants like i'm not interfering with him saying anything i just don't think that he should like be given a microphone so yeah i had really really grueling negotiations yesterday for like two and a half hours with my um with my boss and with the senior administrator of this, the research center and with the hr at, at booth um basically all the terms that i asked for or i didn't ask for really i just like i don't want to be on the editorial board anymore and i will do this i will do like you know executive or managerial um functions but and uh, I want my name off the masthead. I didn't say that in the letter, but I did ask the editors for that. Um, Luigi agreed to all of it. He agreed to protect my right to conscientious objection. He um, agreed to allow me to be involved in um, protests to the extent that I'm not doing it on work time. Um, but the reason that he also like invited me back onto the editorial board, I rejected because I the reason that I resigned is not something that he can change, right? And that yeah. was what HR continued to like emphasize that um, Luigi may be my I might I just so happen to work with someone who decides to grant me the right to free speech, but mm-hmm. that doesn't like contractually it doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter contractually. He could change his mind at any time, but it doesn't help anybody else, yeah. you know, who would like to be involved in protesting this. Um, and like fundamentally it's a university policy that HR reiterated over and over again like that's not up for negotiation Um, so Luigi wanted the joint statement Um, he kind of wanted to like make public amends Um, and in exchange for that he agreed to uh, go with me to talk to the Dean at Booth um, and try to bring up this issue of like staff freedom of expression but at this point only restricted to the to the booth, or sorry, to the Bannon event, but hopefully leading into this larger conversation yeah. of like how how protected are the people in our in, in the U Chicago community. So I don't really understand this because, so he's advocating or he's at least helping you have that conversation, but at the same time he's saying you can't. He doesn't want you to express your outrage. Well, this is online. funny because like, he didn't he they wouldn't run my letter. I asked them to run my letter. Um, you asked the pro-market blog. I, I asked the, the editorial board, and the day before, we had just run Luigi's statement, um, and I opposed running it, but the rest of the editorial board overruled me because they said, we don't block, yeah. you know, uh, we don't censor the members of our own editorial board. Um, but then, because I had resigned, mm. he was like, oh, well, you're not an editorial board member anymore, so we're not going to run it. And I was just like, oh, well, still, that's, like, inconsistent with your own principles. And he was like, I think he just wanted to contain the firestorm. Yeah. Because um, I also, bef- like, tried really hard, like, fought really hard to try to get them to publish my letter before we posted or, like, to and add the joint statement to the end, at least so that there would be some sort of context for pro-market blog yeah. readers. Um, but he would not hear of it. And, it, like, he just wouldn't even consider it. And so I, like... I thought it's out and it's circulating and it's still circulating and then oh yeah and it ran in the reader and I've just heard from the reader that um, PR at Booth called them straight away yesterday to say you need to update the story on Samantha's letter because 
this situation is resolved. And I'm like, what? Like, Since when? <laughs> like, I mean, she was like, it's like they, 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 like wanted her. They wanted them basically to say like, this is a non-story anywhere. I'm like, no. The issue of like freedom of expression of university staff is totally on the table. And your your new title is now managing editor. Managing editor of Pro Market. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it being a debate format like validates its opinions more? Like, how do the professors at Booth feel like how this plays? Well, I feel like they tried to. They came up with the ba- debate idea to sort of like assuage people like me who were yeah. opposing. Um, but the the idea of it being a debate takes as a possibility that he might come out victorious, like having made white nationalism look reasonable, mm-hmm. and that's unconscionable. Right? Yeah. Because it causes harm. Yeah. Right? And so, like, by making it in a debate format, you have to take him at his premises because, like, that's what you're arguing over, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's an ethical problem. I think it would be easier in terms of, like, deniability of our, like, our moral responsibilities here, like, our, to, to just give Steve, put Steve Bannon on a platform and give him a, give him 10 minutes to say what, say his piece, you know, because we could at least, like, point and laugh or whatever, yeah. but, like, to, to debate him, there is a false equivalency implied from the mm-hmm. outset. So I just want to read you the statement that uh, Professor Zingales gave out and just, like, hear your opinions from this point of view. So he says, and this is on a Facebook post he put out, I firmly believe that the current problems in America cannot be solved by demonizing who think differently, but by addressing the causes of their dissatisfaction. Hate cannot be defeated by hate, but only by reason. That so, what do you is an incredibly shocking thing, mostly because he misappropriated Martin Luther King. <laughs> like, I just don't even know if he realized that he did that, but like yeah. the whole like hate cannot be driven out by yeah. hate, it has to be driven out by love. I was like... He doesn't say that he's quoting Martin Luther King. He doesn't yeah. say that he's quoting Martin Luther King. I don't think that he realized he was quoting Martin Luther King. But the fact that he's sort of presenting himself as, this, as a gambit to like give a voice to the disenfranchised without yeah. realizing that he's quote misquoting Martin Luther King is yeah. itself concerning. This is like terrible, terrible white savior syndrome. I think you mentioned the phrase intellectual hubris so, uh, earlier. Do yes. Do you think that's... Yes. I mean, like when Malajian issued the statement, he sent it to me asked like what I thought or whatever and I replied saying like do you really think that Nazism can be defeated by reason like do you think that we could have avoided the second world war by having more conversations Mm -hmm. like there is no empirical basis for this belief that hate can be defeated by reason like there is none I mean it's like it's like an article it is literally like almost like a quasi-religious belief amongst people that like oh we can talk our Nazi friends and I don't think I think that not only is that not true it's like it actively is creating more harm done to people. Like yeah. last year, like the number of white supremacist murders doubled in this country, and like in the past 10 years, like the majority, the vast majority of like terrorism has been done by like far right extremists. For context, a U.S. Government Accountability Office report from April 2017 cites that the U.S. has suffered 85 major terror attacks since 9 11. 73% of those attacks were committed by far right wing violent extremist groups, and specifically, of incidents were committed by white supremacists. To act like this is somehow innocuous and that we're just, you know, we're just having, you know, like a a friendly argument over a couple of pints is morally irresponsible. 
I don't want the thrust of this to be necessarily like no Bannon. Yeah. Um, I, I I really want it to be like no white nationalism. He in the popular imagination is mm-hmm. like conflated with white nationalism and the yeah. alt right. You know, whether or not like whether like the the actual nature of his involvement is almost irrelevant at this point. Mm-hmm. And like the my opposition to the event is about the normalization of the ideology. And so, like, as a rule, I wouldn't say that we should, like, oppose, like, individual speakers. Yeah. Um, but, like, just in terms of, like, our responsibilities to our fellow citizens, mm-hmm. um, and given the particular, like, the particular uh, violence being done in this country by white nationalism right now, mm-hmm. um, this is just, like, the most, it seems like an incredibly irresponsible move from like a, a moral perspective. Make sure to check out the Chicago Maroon's ongoing coverage of this story and also the Maroon Weekly is dropping its third episode tomorrow morning. And if you haven't tried it, Plainers recently added a Bannon Brew to their menu, which consists of mop water served in a small dumpster. I, for one, am excited to check that out. I'm Austin. And I'm Miles. And thank you to Samantha Eiler Driscoll, Pete Grieve, and Grace Howe for being the voice of reason on this episode. <laughs>